Corrupt society. People say live life with no regrets. Yet when you mess up, no one ever forgets. You do this differently or you don't like this color. You speak your opinion and get isolated from others. Either you can't fit in this dress or because you can't correctly spell success, you're not considered, quote unquote, the best. What happened to just being you? Loving the length of your hair and the actions you do. What happened to just being real? Not basing yourself on everyone else and how they feel. We're stereotyped by what other people say. She like rainbows, so she must be gay. She got a tongue ring, so she on them heads. He going to jail when he grew up because he black with long dreads. Society today is really sad. We disown the good and praise the bad. Self-conscious blood flows through all our veins. We try to act like others instead of using our own brains. But hey, that's just how the game go. You get in where you fit in and go with the flow. Hey everybody, I hope y'all miss me. Um, you remember my voice? Uh, no, do you? Hey, I'm kidding. Hey, a lot has happened since the last episode of Misha's Room, y'all. Well, first of all, I have a master's now. <laughs> yes, the baby's graduated and did. And um, I also got accepted into a human sexuality doctoral program. So in the fall, I'll be pursuing my PhD and I'm so excited. So excited. Just thought I'd share that. That's kind of why I've been MIA for the most part. But I'm back and I'm ready to jump into Misha's room. Again, thank you for being here as always. Thank you for sticking by me. And here we go. So, the poem that I did when I opened this episode is called Corrupt Society. I wrote that poem when I was a sophomore in high school. No jokes. I um was going through some I was going through some shit. And so if you read the link on um on Queen Media Collective, then you kinda know or have a little idea that this episode is gonna be about is gonna be connected to when they see us, which is the movie that Ava DuVernay directed is on Netflix. It's about the Central Park Five, which is um, these five young, they were children, they were fucking children to be honest. These young black men who were falsely accused and convicted of the rape. It was really, it was a huge, huge case. I'm not gonna go that deep into it. Watch the show again. It's When They See Us. It's a series. It is fucking phenomenal. Everybody need to watch it and tell your friends to watch it. And then tell them to tell their friends and tell their teachers to watch it. And have a conversation about it. When They See Us is on Netflix. Um, okay. So, yeah. This episode is tied to that. So, after watching the series and, like, finally pushing myself to watch the series, I was, I, I was fucked up, like... I knew I needed to watch it, and I started to, but I had a, you know, not a weak heart, but I cry a lot, y'all, y'all, I cry a lot, and so I didn't know if my heart was going to be able to take that, and so I had to ease myself into it, so then I decided to watch it, 
with the um, woman who was braiding my hair at the salon and we watched the whole series and I was immediately brought back to this experience that I had my sophomore year of high school. And um, yeah, it, it was around the time that I wrote Corrupt Society. I'm not gonna go through this poem and break it down verse by verse or stanza by stanza to get too deep because I wanna use this episode to share the story of what happened from my perspective. So, first of all, some very important information that you should know. This story is about my very, very, very best friend. We have been best friends since second grade. I don't know if I mentioned him before, but like this is my dude, Breezy. I grew up with this nigga. This is the love of my life. That's my dude. Like. Everybody who know me know you can't tell me shit when it comes to him. Nothing. I don't want to hear it. And I mean everybody. My mama, my daddy, everybody knows. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing because that's my nigga. That's my nerve. And um, we've been best friends for damn near 20 years now. So, of course, I love him so deeply. Like, so deeply. And um, so, like I said, we met... We were in second grade and um, he helped pull me out of my shell a lot and helped me like step into the woman I am today. He really, really motivates me, helps me grow and pushes me to take risks. And so, um, you know, we grew up and I watched him grow from this little butterball, <laughs> like this fucking butterball with braids, like, you know, the ones that go straight to the back into this young man. And I mean, like, my nigga lost all kind of weight and just sprouted up and was just growing. And we're like 15, 16. We're in high school. We're sophomores. We just trying to live. We were just trying to graduate and fuck, make it out. That's all we wanted to do is like work hard so we could just do what the fuck we want. That's it. <laughs> so um, anyway, at this time, I was living with my daddy <laughs> because my mama I got in trouble that's another story I was <laughs> doing dumb shit <laughs> so I was living with my daddy I had only been out there for two weeks actually and um I didn't have a phone because I got in trouble anyway so um one day my daddy came in and told me like here you need the phone and so when he gave me the phone my mama called me and said that my best friend was in jail and so i'm like what <laughs> like nigga what i'm like at least an hour and a half away so i can't like go there and when i say my best friend i told y'all i did all i pulled my fucking heart out for him not too too long ago but like you know this is my nigga like we are inseparable and so for me to be all the way out there and already stressed out because I don't have a phone, you know, I'm a fucking 15, 15 year old dying because I don't have a phone, of course. So um, I don't have a phone. And then when I do get a call, it's someone telling me that he's in jail. Now we done done some dumb shit. Like, you know, we were teenagers, we hood niggas. We done all this and dumb shit. We done ran, but you know, niggas ain't go to like jail jail. And so then when I found out what they said he went to jail for, I was so fucked up. 
I broke down. I mean, I was on the floor, bawling, crying, because my mama told me that my best friend was in jail for armed robbery, but they knew he didn't do it because he was in the car with my sister and his cousin at the time of the robbery. And um, they took him to jail because he fit a description. So he was racially profiled because he's a black male, you know, medium height, average height, whatever. And he had long black dreads and they thought it was him. They were looking for a suspect. And um, since he fit the description, they locked his ass up. Because of the severity of the crime, they did not take him to juvie. They took him to an adult prison. Like, you know, they took him to like the adult jail where the grown niggas at. And at this time, I'm like, I didn't fucking pay attention to civics. Oh, going rewind a little bit. I told y'all I was staying with my daddy. Once that happened, I went home. Like, <laughs> I went home by my mama. Went back to school out there. Like, oh no, nigga, I gotta go home. So, yeah. <laughs> I went home and um, I wasn't paying attention in civics. I didn't understand much about the political system. I didn't get it. I didn't want to be a lawyer. It confused the fuck out of me. I took AP American government and I have no idea how I was passing that. <laughs> I was smart, but I don't know. I was not into politics at all. So when I found out about like... You know, he went to jail, so now I'm looking like, what the fuck we got to do? There's no bail. We can't bail him out. It's in, like, they didn't give him one. He just going to be in there. Um, he have all these court dates. We have no idea what the court dates are, like, what's going on during these court dates. Like, what kind of trial is this? What are we talking about? What are they doing? Why is he still in here? Where are the witnesses? It was a lot going on. And um, like I said, that was, that not was, that is my best friend and I've been there for him forever and I'm going to be there for him until, you know, I ain't got it in me no more. I ain't got a breath in me no more. And so while he was in there, I was doing it with him. Like that's my fuck. I was at every single court date. I never missed a court date. I was visiting him. I still to this day have his dread because they made him cut his hair or else they were going to, um, revoke his visitation and they did revoke it for a little bit and, um they made him cut his dreads and my dude was growing his like my dude dreads was not short he had like my nigga had hair and so they made him cut his hair off and still to this day i have the dread that he mailed me in a bible on like marked at matthew 7 1 because that's my favorite verse look it up and so um i still have his dread and so yeah, never missed a visitation. Oh, I remember when he cut his hair off. We were like writing. I have stacks of letters. Like my letters, I still had a letters and them, it's a fucking stack. I might post a picture of it in the article, but I'm also not sure. I mean, who knows? But I got a fucking stack of letters from us writing back and forth. Like we would send letters, just pages. He would call, nigga had to keep money on the phone. Everybody knew if Corey, my bad. <laughs> if Corey was calling me, then Misha gonna answer. I don't give a fuck. Even my coaches knew. And mind you, we're in high school. 
We were fucking sophomores in high school and we were going to court. People were testifying. Like he was at a football game at that time. Like they were just leaving the game. He was getting something to eat. And so we had the niggas, the kids that are still in high school going to defend somebody's life because he fit a description. And it's like, what the fuck kind of world do we live in where somebody is just automatically assumed guilty because they fit a description? And to tie it with when they see us, they... In the beginning of the movie, they never said the suspects were black. Like, they immediately jumped to a black suspect. As far as the rape goes. Not like doing dumb shit in a park. Like, they, they were doing some, not the niggas that, not the Central Park Five. But like, the ones who were fighting people and shit like that. That was a lot going on. But, they never said the person who raped the woman was black. Or Hispanic. So why would you just automatically go there? I don't know, that kind of shit fucks with me. And it's like, it's heavy on my heart because we were fucking children doing that. We were children. And then eventually, I think like eight months later, he ended up, you know, they realized that it wasn't him. He was found, not, no, he wasn't found not guilty. I don't know exactly how the shit worked. Still don't really know how the shit worked. But he wasn't charged. <laughs> I know that much. And he, you know, he was able to come home. But by now, he missed his whole fucking sophomore year of high school. So now that's putting him another year back. Imagine if he didn't have the money to pay for the lawyer. Which, I don't even know how the fuck mama made that happen, but she did. <laughs> but, like, if she didn't have the money to pay for that lawyer, or if... He didn't have the willpower and the strength to stay in there for eight fucking months for over something he know he didn't do. Y'all, excuse me, my voice is cracking a little bit. Well, fuck it. Don't excuse me. My voice is cracking because this is hard to like talk about, but it's the reality that we live with. So, um, who? But yeah, it's like, what if? He didn't have that. And then when he got out, what if he didn't have motivation and people to fucking sit there with him and make him do his homework or to make him catch up on that shit? Or if he didn't have teachers that gave him the small fucking chance they did for him to catch up with all his shit? What if he didn't have support? What kind of fucking country do we live in where we can just throw away lives like they're nothing without even giving people a fair a fair try a fair just 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 be fair how do we just make these assumptions about people that are so ill-informed i can't i can't wrap my mind around it and so it just brought me back to um corrupt society because it is fucked up and for me to feel that at such that young age, and then here we are, however many years later, and 
the world is still carrying it and I just feel that fucking weight even heavier because now I really know how deep white supremacy and systemic oppression is. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's crazy. And then I'm thankful that Ava DuVernay did put those stories out there because I wasn't even born when that happened. Like, I would have never known nothing about the shit. Like, I, I didn't know. But now that she has gave, she has put that story out there, you know, she's brought it back, revived it, brought it back to life and like shared it. And I'm at a point in my life where now I can process the kind of shit that happened when I was going through that same process, kind of, you know, when I was at that age and having to navigate those waters and shit like that, like, damn. I really buried that whole experience deep, deep down in my subconscious because we don't talk about it. We'll look at the letters and like laugh about how nigga got so many fucking letters. I might, whenever I move and I have to move the Bible where his dread is, then you know, I like say, I still got this nigga dread. But I never think about how fucked up, I mean, I say how fucked up it was, but you know, it's like I never really sit and allow myself to feel how deeply fucked up that was and how horrible that could have become like i'm so thankful i'm so thankful for the support system that my friend has and i feel so bad for the young black men and the young people of color that don't have that kind of support system to where you do have multiple people come and visit you you got niggas you fighting for the list I never got put off the list. I wish I would. Mama was there. And who was there? Me. Y'all got to rotate. Not me. <laughs> I was really in that bitch. But, um, yeah, like, I'm so glad that he had that. And we were able to be there for him. And if y'all want to know, he did graduate. He finished school. He actually graduated a semester early. So, shout out to my nigga. Yeah, he did that. <laughs> and he's doing well. He has a good job. He lives on his own. He's single. He's handsome. And he's motivated. And he still just breathes this essence of black boy joy. No matter how hard the world is on him. And that's... I just look at him and I'm just... I just... I'm so happy. I'm so happy that he didn't let life just beat his fucking ass. And I'm glad that we're here motivating each other and keeping each other pushing and growing. And I can only hope to continue to do that for other people in the, in the community, which is why, you know, that's kind of what I'm dedicating my life towards. So I'm going to get my PhD. Anyway. So, um, and it also helps me look at my little brother like, no matter what, baby, you're going to be good. Fuck the world. We got it. We got each other. Thank y'all for tuning in to this episode of Misha's Room. I got a couple more for y'all. I think this month I'm going to do my pride story, my coming out story. You know, <laughs> I might do a little something, something. <laughs> and yeah, till next time.